Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the things which make us fear our mortality. Let's talk about death. So, yeah, we're going to talk about death today, which I know a lot of people, a lot of people get get a bit scared of death, or discussion of death. Don't like to talk about death. Don't like to even kind of broach that subject, because in the end, it is the end of you, so it's reasonable to assume that someone might be a little, a little afraid of what might happen at the end. Um, I, I read a, no, I didn't read, I was in the car, so how can I read? I was listening to uh, the radio the other day. And there's an interesting point made that though people fear death, because for the most part we don't know what happens after you die, um, they don't fear the unknown of what was happening before they were born. Like, death is scary because there's, there's, a, there's a void there. There's a void of, of what happens when there is no you. But the, the general gist of the void before you were born doesn't terrify people. And I thought that was quite an interesting point. Um, One which I'd not really considered. But then for me, I'm one of these people who doesn't particularly fear death. Um, That may be because I was introduced to death quite early on in life. So to date, I have lost uh, three grandparents in my time, all of which I was alive for and fully cognitive, so I can remember each one of them, and have attended each one of their funerals, um, and I hope, you know, they rest in peace. Uh, that's my, my nana, and two granddads. My other gran, uh, she's still live and kicking, and coming on the podcast in, in a couple of weeks. Um, so you will get to meet the, the delight which is my uh, remaining grandparent. Um, I've also lost a great-grandma in that time. Uh, she was the first person who uh, I experienced death uh, as, a, as a reality in my life and and that was kind of that was a significant event when I was younger I remember being quite young um, I, I can't remember how ex- exactly how young but I must have been maybe primary school age um, when my great-grandma passed and she was you know it was one of those weird situations where I was aware she was ill because my uh, my mom was going to visit uh, the hospital quite a lot. And we wanted to go visit her. And they wouldn't let us. My parents and my grandparents wouldn't let us. And the idea is that they they wanted us to remember them as they were. They wanted us to have the happy memory of them, which we'd experienced, um, rather than the the memory of them, you know, in hospital, hooked up to machines and and whatnot, which I can appreciate as a sentiment. Um... But then at the same time, that came into play as I as I got older, uh, with uh, my other grandparents passing on, and I kind of resented that, because at the time I was a teenager, um, and obviously I felt that I could deal with these things, which I might not have been able to, who knows? I've, I mean, this, this is the other thing, I've, I've never been to an open casket, um, I think all my grandparents have been, have been displayed for... Uh, not for public viewing, but for family viewing, so you can go say pay your respects in private and all that kind of thing. And I've I've not been allowed to go 
to go see anyone. And again, it's because the, my parents say, don't don't do it because you, you know it'll upset that memory of them. Um, but yeah, as a teenager, I remember resenting that because I thought, you know, I can deal with this. And for one of them, it was quite sudden. It was, you know, my granddad's, uh, my granddad Butch, he was in hospital. He'd had a heart attack. He's in hospital and he was doing okay. He was, he was, or seemed to be on the mend for the most part. Uh, we've been to visit him in hospital a few times. So everything seemed, uh, seemed right. It seemed like things would be, things would be happening uh, and he would be coming home. But then in the end he didn't. He ended up suffering a, a second heart attack and passed on um so it was quite it was quite sudden dramatic change and i remember getting that news and and absolutely just breaking down um and then having to go do my paper because you know (laughs) my experiences with death have been quite strange in a way but quite formative of my views of death um for instance when my granddad died i had to go do my paper round because i had i had a job to do i had a responsibility so there was a level of um, life goes on involved in it. Uh, when my great grandma died, um, oh my great nana, she's called Nana Gladhill. So, you know, but um, everyone has different different terms for their for their older older generations. Um, yeah, when she died, you know, I was still in school, so I experienced it. But I went to school the next day. Same with my granddad. I went to school the next day. Same with my nana. My uh, my most recent one, which was uh, my granddad Ron. There was a there's a level of don't of life goes on with my granddad Ryan was a bit different because he was the most recent one but obviously I was a lot older I was in the last uh, last couple of years uh, that we lost him so my my role within death and the family has changed from when I was a kid because when I was a kid it was obviously there's a lot of shielding going on and I think there is with, with children there's a lot of shielding of what is happening I mean obviously I've had relatives who've passed on before I was born or relatives who passed on when I was very very young um and I never experienced any of that because I was very shielded from it. I just got told no no at some point you know they passed on um so you get you get this gradual introduction to death as a kid and and maybe that's 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 why I'm I'm comfortable about talking about death but at the same time so uh, when I was in senior school, there was a there was a project I did in my art class because I was a nice angsty goth uh, about death. We were told to construct an invitation. It was the worst pointless art project. I'm sorry, Miss Warrington. You like we must have been year seven, year seven, year eight, and I, I was already firmly into my art at that point. It was the one thing which I could do, and I found nobody else could really do it the way I could and that was brilliant to me because I wasn't an athletic kid I wasn't particularly intelligent I wasn't low sets but I wasn't you know scoring the highest score in maths my grammar's terrible you've heard me talk um and it was one of those kind of like constant reminders that yeah you know this was something which I can do so when we got to set this project it seemed like a craft project it seemed like something crap you'd give to nursery kids Essentially, what they wanted us to do was they wanted us to make a invitation to a party, design an invitation to a party or an event. So I made an invitation to a funeral because angst, but also because at that point I'd, I'd experienced death. I'd, I'd experienced death twice um, by that age, um, so to me, 
it seemed it seemed like it was no big deal. It was already a part of life. It was already something which you were going to be involved in and, and eventually would take you. Um, you know, it's, it's like the rhythm. Eventually it's going to get you. Uh, everyone wants to outrun it, but you can't. So I made a funeral invitation. I made, you know, and I didn't stop there because art. So I had all these ideas, and essentially you might call us the initial formative of what I would eventually become a zine. Um, but I, I kind of picked it up and ran with it, and I made this book, and I, I visibly remember I made a book which was um, had a wooden front and a wooden back, and I covered it in uh, in black cloth, and it was the book of death. And I basically filled it with lots of ideas and, and thoughts about death and, and, and metaphors and, and religious iconography. And it was the most gothy thing you've you've ever seen. And it was also the most angsty and poorly made thing you've ever seen in your life. If I made it now, I'd burn it. I'd probably still burn it. I pro- if, I, if I own it, I will burn it. That's um, If I've not already dismantled it already. <laughs> I have a habit of doing that. There's a nice, nice cycle of burning my own artwork. Um... But yeah, I took it on as a project, and people couldn't understand it. People couldn't understand why I would want to explore that as a subject. And and even as adults, um, I've spoken to friends and, and family, and discussing the idea of death makes people very uncomfortable. This whole podcast make, might make you very uncomfortable. The whole idea that we have an end date um, to mortality is, is frightening for people. It makes them incredibly uncomfortable. It upsets them. Um, and I can appreciate that, because... You know, it's a terrifying thought. It's an overarching, terrifying note to know that when you are born, uh, there's this thing <laughs> which will eventually take you. You know, you get your your start date when they write uh, right on the right on the old little little birthday. And they go, okay, so Graham born, fill in a little date, third of November, nine eight nine. In case anyone wants to buy me a birthday present, and then they leave a gap. There's there's a there's an Excel spreadsheet somewhere with my name on it, and there's a gap. <laughs> there's a gap for my end date, um, and people, you know, that's 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 overwhelming for a lot of for a lot of folk. Um, it's a it's an idea which is is very hard to comprehend, and therefore is terrifying for a lot of people. And I think it's important to broach it though. I think anyone who who just completely ignores it is missing out on something which is a huge part of life because it affects everyone. There's literally not a single human being who has escaped death. You know, it's stapled to that little manila folder you get when you're born with your details in it and, you know, at some point you will die. How, when, where, who... These are all things which we, we can't comprehend. We don't know. But that's the reality. I mean, even if you if you have a terminal disease, um, there's not <laughs> there's a chance that won't take you. So there's a little little chaos involved in all of that. Um, even trying to take your own life. That's you know, it's one of those things. It might not go how you intend it to. And I find it interesting that people are so so dazzled uh, by the idea of death. Because I am so comfortable with it. Because I can talk about it. Because I can comprehend my own death. Um, 
more than once I've discussed with friends uh, my own funeral. Where, you know, this idea that I, I don't know, I don't even know if I'd want a funeral. This is this is this is a, this is a thought I've had recently. Um, so I have this habit. Done it a few times. I'm not great at goodbyes, mainly because. I'm not great at receiving emotional reactions from people, which I believe I've discussed in other other podcasts, but I will, I will eventually discuss once more. So even happy reactions, you know, if someone buys you a present, uh, gives you a hug, wants to tell you something nice. I'm not great at receiving those reactions, and I think that's that's there's quite a few people who aren't great at that. So the the idea of an emotional outpouring uh, for me is that's more terrifying than death. Even though I'll be dead for it. This is the part which I can't comprehend. So I do this thing. Well, I was, I'm was i getting off point. Back to the point. So, yeah, I do this thing where I just leave. I don't really say goodbye. Or I leave and then I say goodbye afterwards. So then I don't have to deal with the reaction to me leaving. And part of that's because I don't think there will be a reaction. But then another part is just in case. If there is a reaction, I'm not, I'm not going to be around for it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to deal with that. You know, imagine throwing me like a, a surprise birthday party would be strange for me. It would be one of the most, I don't know, not awkward feelings. It might break me. You know how people have those events in life where um, people, you know, something bad happens, like a, a breakup, a divorce, uh, you know, a loss, a death, and and they break. And their their the main their brain can't comprehend it, so they just all of them decides to just shut down. That I feel like that might happen if I have if someone did something because I don't like I struggle when someone does something nice like a surprise for me, and I feel like it's it's a terrible thing that I can't react correctly in in some way um, to the point where I might even seem cold um, or distant from people and or rude. You know, people have done really nice things for me, and I've I've taken it and been like, you know, thank you, and I can't express. I don't know how to f- physically express within um, within those situations instantaneously. I have to think about it, and then I'll send them a message a couple of days later saying, you know, my true intentions, my true thought. I need time to process that. Emotional processing for me takes time, so I just I, I keep everything locked as a, as a nice constant. And then I, I can process it and do it another time. But that's, yeah. I've completely gotten off point. But what was the thing? Yes, back to the funerals. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, the idea of having a funeral for me—that seems terrifying. It seems like something which I w- I wouldn't. <laughs> it seems like it's something I wouldn't want to attend. This is what this is the thing. It's a thing which gives me anxiety. The idea that someone would, re- would arrange a funeral for me, and yet at the same time, I will be dead. I won't be here to feel anxious about it. So why am I anxious about it? Maybe it's because I'm I'm thinking that what everyone else will be going through if they did it. They'd be putting pressure on themselves, and it's completely not necessary because a funeral for me is not an important thing. So you could literally let's discuss let's how to arrange my funeral, just in case anyone who is listening gets that opportunity. So 
If you are going to arrange a funeral for me, quite simply, do the simplest thing imaginable. Maybe don't even pay for a coffin. Put me in a cardboard box or something, because you're going to cremate me anyway. The reason you're not burying me is because I'm claustrophobic, and on the off chance that I do rise again in some dramatic, uh, deitisk-esque rise, I don't want to be buried underground, because that is terrifying. So you're going to cremate me. Get the cheapest coffin possible. Nobody's going to see it. You know, don't put me on display. Or if you do, give me a cup of coffee in my hand, because that seems more natural for a corpse. Pardon me. Um, there is a, a, a copy of a zine which I produce where there's a list of songs which should be played at my funeral. Feel free to dig that out. Um, good luck solving my uh, house and why, everything I own, because I own a lot of crap. And there's mystery items hidden all around it. Um, no one's allowed to talk. Or if they do, it has to be lengthy. No one's allowed to cry at the funeral. You can cry at the wake. Have it, mix it up. Don't cry at the funeral. Drink at the funeral. Cry at the wake. Um, no flowers. Basically, just keep it. Keep costs low. I'm on. A, I'm on a budget funeral. There's no point you paying for me whilst I'm dead. I think this is the other thing. So, I'm I'm atheistic. Um. I don't believe in a deity in any way, shape, or form. I don't believe in uh, ghosts or, or spectres of any, any capacity. Um, the supernatural. I believe in... I'm not going to be so pedantic there. say I believe in science. No, I believe there's a there's a cause and react to everything. So the idea that something is mystical or magical, that doesn't appeal to me. Um, can't comprehend that. Maybe that's my death. I can't comprehend that. So I don't believe in a, a spiritual side to things. So when I'm dead... I'm dead. That is the end. I cease to be. My body is disposed of, and that will fertilize the flowers. So the idea of spending money on me would be like spending. It'd be like having a cabinet in your house. Okay, so you you've bought this cabinet. It's a nice cabinet. You've got it. Oh, maybe you've not even bought it. You've been gifted this cabinet. That's more apt for a human being. Okay, so you've been gifted gifted this cabinet, and then you decide to throw that cabinet a party. That's the that's the ridiculous levelness of of an ornate funeral to me. Is that you're you're throwing a, an emotional event for something which is essentially deceased, inanimate, not worth anything anymore. Because as soon as I'm dead, my mind's gone, and if my mind's gone, then I'm not me. You know, everything else is me. Hell, to have a gallery exhibition of crap in round my house, that'll be me. You know, and then burn it all because I'm gone. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> You've got things which I've given you throughout time. I'd rather leave behind ideas than objects. That's that's something which I I, I definitely like to purport. Um, who knows though? If I have a if I have enough time and enough uh, enough planning periods towards my own death, I get get a nice nice diagnosis in my sixties or something. Maybe I'll plan my own funeral. And then not invite anybody. I'll just attend it myself. You'll have other things to do. Better things to do. Things which are more enjoyable than standing around ash. Uh, <laughs> but as you see, I have quite a cavalier attitude to death. So, 
how could I not, you know, how could I not st- stand here and, and say these things? Um, but I think it's definitely something which you should try and embrace a little bit because it is an unknown. You know, as regardless of, of your own religious beliefs or spiritual beliefs, um, or you might be like me and you might have no beliefs, um, is something worth exploring. Because not only does it, it give you give you that little bit of fear, which might drive you a little bit more in your, in your day-to-day life, it gives you an opportunity to try and comprehend something which nobody's really ever comprehended. You know, it's, it's an exploration of one thing which everyone can relate to. Literally every single person can relate to. The death is a reality. And that's nice to me. That's, that's a, it's, a, it's a universality to it as an idea. And the same as being born. You know, everyone can appreciate the fact that we were born, but we don't remember that. We'll, we'll, you know, imagine remembering your birth. That'd be a horrifying experience. But everyone can appreciate that idea of, of death. Of, of deterioration, of going through life, of suffering through illness, everybody, even even those at like the highest ranks, even the queen, the queen has some idea of mortality. You know, at some point she'll have laid in bed at night, looked up to the sky, and thought, "Jeez, I'll die sometime." She probably wouldn't use those words. Um, actually, might have done. I liked it, the idea that uh, in private the the queen is quite northern. Um, <laughs> I don't even don't even like the royal family. I chose the queen as like a random, a random notoriety because I was reading the news earlier, and, and she came up in the news. Um, but the, it's it's an idea which is so large that fear of it is understandable. But I think it's one of those which should be, you know, embraced to an extent. You know, not everyone can handle a full embracement of it. Not everyone needs the obsession with it, which some people have. But looking at it, at least, looking at that void and, and recognizing that void is, is incredibly important, I think, to the human experience. And it's something which you should try and be more comfortable with. Obviously, if you're going through uh, grief and things like that, that's not the time to do it. The time to do uh, to come to terms with death and, and death being a thing and a concept is when you're not suffering grief. Because when you're suffering grief, you you're all over you. Your emotions and and, and body is, is 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 suffering itself. So it's more something to consider when you're happy. You know, it's it's that that I always think you should take time when you're happy to think about the times when you were sad. Because then you'll recognize the joy within your life so much easier. You know, if you've got something so good, you should always look at something which which wasn't. Because it gives you that contrast. If you were happy all the time, you'd never you'd never know it. You'd never know you were happy. And if whilst we're living, if we never look at death, you forget you're living in a way. Which sounds like a really cack-handed way to describe it but it's it's the truth if you're if you're constantly living and you're constantly in good health you you forget that that is good you forget that that is the connection which we all share people say there's a lot of talk about people saying um love is the connection we share and i i don't agree with that i can't agree with that because not everyone gets the opportunity to experience love 
but everyone gets the opportunity to experience death and pain and that is the tie which binds us and that that adds to love that allows you to to access love and some people you know will go through life and they will never experience some joy because they they're born into dire situations and it's important to to recognize that and if you recognize the the bad moments and you recognize death and you you stare into the void you can kind of it gives you an awareness of how well you're doing you know even if you don't think you're doing that well looking at that void just goes okay that's you know that's the reality that's the end point and it is quite a nihilistic point of view um and nihilism is something which I have a strong interest in but I think it's important to be comfortable and I think being comfortable with your own mortality is something which makes living easier in general but I'd like to know what you guys think I'd like to understand your death death thoughts and I'm curious if my introduction to death at quite a young age was maybe why I'm the way I am or maybe that's just an adage to my general relaxed demeanor but these are thoughts for later hope you guys stay safe out there and uh, I'll talk to you guys later